Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. afternoon that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside of the electric factory on Steelers mm-hmm. Nation Radio and ESPN Pittsburgh Euler Remotes with you for the next two hours and what up Motse what's good my guy always good to be on the air with you you know to be sitting across from you hey. to just see the ray of sunshine that comes across your face Every day. Speaking of sunshine, you know, it's like uh, our guy Devin yesterday said, right? And Kelly, man, keep that keep that music up for, for a little yeah, bit longer. Hold on, on don't, take the, <laughs> don't take DMX away from me just yet. Uh, our guy Devin, when he called in yesterday, right? Yeah. He said that, like, the conversations and the things that go on during break and behind the scenes are, you know, like, always funnier and better than the actual show. Right, right. We have an interesting dynamic. We talked about this, the dynamic that our different shows have. Yesterday on the show, right? Us and Tunch and Wolf and right, Matt right. and Dale and, and what Crowley and those guys have going on. We all bring something to the table. We all bring something to the table. There's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and it's kind of the same way behind the scenes here, too. Everybody has the way that they like the studio. They like their producer booth, whatever it is. You heard Tunch and Wolf there at the end of their show talking about how Kellen has it all dark in his producer right. booth. And that's the way that, that most of the producers usually have it. Uh, if you ever come in here when Crowley's on air. I mean, it's like he's the lord of the, the darkness in here. I mean, <laughs> all, the, the all the lights are off. All the blinds are down. The only light in here is the computer monitors. Uh, but you come, you and I come in here. We turn on the lights. We You pull the blinds hey, open. Man. We're looking at the parkway out I, there. I, I, I want to feel like I'm in Pittsburgh, man. So I open up the blinds so I could feel the traffic. I wish I could open up this window. If it wasn't noisy outside, I would. So I could <laughs> smell the 412, you know? And it just makes me feel more embraced and, and, and engulfed in the culture. When I'm on this radio, because that's what we're doing. We're giving people the culture. You want Pittsburgh culture. That's what we give you. You want Steelers culture. That's what we give you. We are not the lords of the sad and lonely. No, we're not. We are the electric factory. Woo! We are the lords of way too much energy. Very true. A Red Bull for your ears. You know what we do. <laughs> if that's a thing. And uh, we got a whole bunch going on today. Mozi phone lines are already lighting up. 412-919-1316. You can find us as always, on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. And uh, this thing is continuing to grow legs, Motsi. This thing Bro. that we got going on. This Photoshop the Electric Factory. It's, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. T- even Tunch and Wolf are getting involved now. Yeah, man. The innocent bystander is getting hit. <laughs> What's going on, Steel Nation? Why y'all doing that to them, man? They don't even have no, social media. No, they loved it. We, sh- we showed Tunch and Wolf this morning, the, the SNR team, uh, and uh, and they were laughing, and they were... F- I think they're I think they're in on it. I think we I might. Think, this yeah. might just be the tip of the iceberg. We might really have something going on here. I mean, you got to think, this is what, our first week back? It's not even the full first week back yet. No, yeah, we're, we're on, on day four here. That's it. And that's it. what, 11 images already this, this popped up with this thing? Something like that, and a lot of uh, a lot of different avenues, too. Yeah. We, uh, we got one this morning that... Um, <laughs> Oh, let's just say it was the first time in my life I'd ever seen myself oh, with man. facial hair because, you know, I got the, 
King Babyface over here. And uh, but yeah, we got it rocking and rolling. It was me as Bob Ross, the painter, and, and you on the canvas there, still it, is, expressing myself in my Steelers attire. Is not crossing <laughs> the moats there. Oh man. Back in my heyday when I used to have it. Uh, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 on Twitter. Again, this whole Photoshop thing is still still rolling on here, Motsi, and we'll continue to take your Photoshops and uh, your caricatures, whatever you got for us. And again, we, we will at some point here in the next week or so, we'll find something cool to do for uh, do for, that, for all the people who have sent in Photoshops to us. And uh, Motsi, we, uh, we are looking forward to Sunday. You and I came in today. We've got some news. Uh-oh. we got some breaking Stiller news. Steelers news. Always good. Ray Sherman. Uh, I think this was one that maybe some people thought was likely. Very um, true. But Ray Sherman, a guy, for those of you that aren't familiar with the name, if you're not sure what we're talking about, uh, he had been with the Steelers at training camp just kind of in a Unofficial An role. unofficial consulting role would yeah. probably be the best way to put it. Um, he is a guy that has decades of experience um, in college football, in the National Football I League. Mean, directly with the Steelers as well. He was the uh, offensive coordinator here in 98, I believe it was, when uh, mm-hmm. Bill Cowher. Yes, so, 1998. Yeah. For one yeah. year, he was the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Uh, was uh, offensive coordinator for many years in the National Football Absolutely. League. A running back coach, a wide receivers coach. Uh in college football as well, two uh, coach tight ends, running backs, wide receivers in the collegiate ranks at Purdue, at Georgia, at Cal, at Michigan State. Good, well, well versed. Good, <laughs> yeah. He he is a guy that has a uh, kind of like Coach Daryl Drake did a a very extensive background at both the collegiate ranks and the professional ranks. Again, he was he was around the Steelers at training camp. Uh, he was available, obviously, hasn't been a uh, official coach in the National Football League since 2015 when he was wide receivers coach with the Rams. Um, so we've talked a lot about that Coach Drake situation, Motsi, and how yeah. there was there's no blueprint to handle it. The timing of it, uh, obviously, threw a, a, another wrinkle into the equation. Um, but if you're going to end up and I don't even want to say replacing because that's not the right term, right. but you get what I'm saying. If, if you want to if bring the, somebody if in. You, if the guy that you're bringing in, correct. exactly, is a guy that has decades of experience in college, in the NFL, as an OC, <laughs> as a wide receivers coach, I mean, you you, you couldn't get much better of a a a plan B for the, for the Steelers, if Absolutely. you will. And when you factor in the fact that he's already spent time with the players. He's not a guy that right. they're just picking up off the street. This is a guy who's been around the organization. This is a guy who's actually worked within the organization. You have to think back in 98, you still had Kevin Colbert. You still had uh, Art Rooney, I believe. I'm, uh, I believe Kevin Colbert was still there in 98. Excuse me. So when you think about all of those factors right there, this this is a great, great hire in terms of the continuity aspect, in terms of him being able to fall in seamlessly in terms of the work relationship. But then when you factor in his role with the players, the comfort that you have when you see a familiar face walk through that door is huge. I remember when um when Keith Butler was my linebacker coach my first year here in 2014, Dick LeBeau ends up leaving in 15, and we're all wondering, okay, they make Keith Butler the defensive coordinator. Who's going to be our linebackers coach now? And we were all concerned. Are they going to bring somebody in that hasn't been in the organization? Is it going to be somebody from a different team or whatever? Sure. But when they hired from within and promoted uh, – Joey Porter and uh, Jerry Oslowski as the inside and outside linebackers coach, all of us were happy because of the continuity, because we knew what to expect from them, because they knew what type of players we were and how we responded to certain things. 
So it made it a, a, a very easy transition on all of us. And that's why I think with this, uh, with the official hiring of Coach Sherman, it's only going to be that much better for the receivers now. I think so too. And it's nice that this is not something that, and again, I got to be careful with the words that I'm because this is going to linger this season and beyond. Coach oh, Drake's passing without a doubt. Yeah. But it's nice now that at least those guys know who is going to be at the forefront of the wide receiver room right. and meetings, the guy who's going to be leading them throughout the year. You, you get what I'm saying. The yeah, guy yeah. who. Well, you still need guidance. It's no different right. than, you know, if a coach were to be fired. I've been a part of that situation as well. And you have that limbo period of, okay, who are they going to replace him with? Who's going to be the guy? Who are we looking for to lead us? Who's going to critique us? Who's going to do this? You have so many questions, so much uncertainty. So when you bring in and officially hire Ray Sherman, that gives you peace of mind. Now, for better or worse, if you like him or if you don't like him, you at least know there is no more uncertainty. There is no more guessing in terms of who the guy will be. Could they you, bring in somebody that we've right. never met before Absolutely. like you were just talking about? Yeah, so and, and when you factor in all those things, now you don't have to worry about that. And like I said, for me, man, I just I think that it can't be stated enough that he had already been around, that he had already been here working with those players. He already has a relationship with these players. And the fact that he was able to, I mean, when you look at his career, the success he's had collegiately and professionally, that's huge because now you're able to relate to a Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, uh, Dante Moncrief. But at the same time, you're able to relate to a Deontay Johnson. You're able to relate to some of these younger players, a James Washington, who's in that transition of trying to take that next step and being a solidified threat in, this, in, the, in the NFL. So when you have a guy like Ray, he's going to be able to get those guys going. He's going to be able to relate to those guys. He's going to be able to do the things that they're going to really need in this stage of their career. Yeah, it's it's really – there are so many parallels to his coaching career and Coach Drake's coaching career. Absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, you even look at their resumes and kind of how they started with a lot of experience, almost, you know, it was over two decades for Coach Drake, almost two decades in the collegiate ranks uh, for Coach Sherman before he broke into the NFL. And you mentioned that dynamic of a, it's a young wide receiver's room right? Uh, for the Steelers. It's different than a couple years ago where a lot of those guys were older players. Right. Like here, you're – your oldest player right now is what Dante Moncrief. Well, I think technically, D, I think uh, I think De, uh, uh, not Deontay Johnson. Uh, Deontay Spencer might be technically the oldest one in the room. Right, but in terms of NFL experience, but in terms of NFL experience, right, it is Dante Moncrief, and right. he just turned twenty-five years Ab old a couple this months is ago. Fifth or uh, yeah, Deontay Spencer's twenty-seven. Right, but Deontay Moncrief is the most veteran in terms of having the most NFL right. years under and, his belt. And realistically. That's what counts the most. Age right, does not right, matter right. when it comes to the NFL. It's more so but even how many years. Even still, if the if the oldest guy in your wide receiver room is 27, that's yeah. still pretty young. Well, absolutely. I mean, that is a funny dynamic, man, because I've been in a room where I was the oldest, and it was only my fourth year in the league. And you're saying, like, right. Yo, you guys looking to me to lead? Oh, we're in trouble. That's kind of, I mean, Moncrief <laughs> is fifth year, sixth year in the yeah. league. He's, he's kind of in that similar role. But absolutely. How does that play effect then? I mean... The Houston Ray Sherman's first job was with the Houston Oilers in 1988 as running back coach. All right, so he had a job in the NFL. What five six years before Juju was even born? Yeah. How how's what's that dynamic like? Now, obviously, he's got experience with working with all kinds of guys, right. and he's around the same age as Coach Drake. So it's not like the Steelers have gone from having a young coach to an old know, coach, a Heinz Ward age coach Correct. to 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 all of a sudden some guys in his 60s. Right. But what is, is it, 
I don't know. Does that even matter? In your experience, right, from having older coaches, younger coaches, less seasoned coaches versus more experienced coaches, what's that dynamic like, particularly as a young player in the league? Yeah, so um, it's actually funny because my first year in the league, I had a, a linebackers coach who actually, I think he was, I was, what, 22 at the time, and he couldn't have been no older than 34, 35. He was young. And me and him actually didn't click. I think it was more so because of the dynamic of him being a younger coach and sometimes me questioning certain things because he hadn't played. So I'm like, I understand you might see this or see that, but I feel it's different as a player. And we bumped heads, whereas uh, two years later, I ended up having uh, Dave Wonstadt, who obviously is a, a lot older. And I had Dave Wonstadt come in and just the way we clicked because of the things that he saw, because of the players that he's coached his resume the age difference didn't matter. It was an instant respect factor because of his resume. And I think when you're looking at this situation right here, if you're a younger player, you're not having to relate to, you know, Coach Sherman on a personal level in terms of, oh, let's talk about girls, let's talk about parties. I mean, they can probably relate to that because of the life that they've lived. But when you talk about some of the players that he can name that he's coached, that speaks for itself. When he names off the players that he's been around, whether they were at the collegiate stage or in the professional stage, that that garners respect. That garners your attention. That gets you to open your eyes like, okay, this guy's legit. Now let me learn from him. And that's typically how it works. Versus when you have a younger coach who may not have proven themselves, yet, even if they have a nice name, it's not the same always. Right. Uh, the resume is insane. Uh, foremost at the top of the guys that Sherman worked with, at least in my name, yeah, one Randy Moss. Yeah, he was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but just a quick snapshot of his NFL career. He started in 88, as I mentioned, with the Houston Oilers as a running back coach. Then the next year they moved him to wide receivers coach. Uh, he was there for another, looks like, two years before he went to the Falcons and then the 49ers for three, four years. Then he moved on to the Jets as an offensive coordinator, was with the Vikings for a while. Of course, the Steelers offensive coordinator in 98, back to the Vikings as their offensive coordinator in 99, uh, spent four years as the wide receiver coach with the Packers, then another two with the Titans, another four with the Cowboys, another wow, three, <laughs> another three with wow. the Rams. Those were all his wide receivers coach. And then again, he was with the Rams from 2012 until 2015 uh, and hasn't had an official title as a National Football League coach since then, but again, has worked with teams and training camps and consulting type roles and things of that nature. So again, um, and with, I, I don't even want it like this, but as a fallback back plan, right? Like, right. I mean, this guy is way too qualified to be a fallback, fallback plan. And uh, again, with all things considered and how, much of a tragedy this was for the Steelers and how the timing of it was so difficult for everyone involved. I, I, I don't think you could have a better guy to come fill in than Ray Sherman. I agree 100%, man. 100%. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler inside of the Electric Factory. we got some calls on the line already. We will get to those. 412-919-1316. You can also tweet the show at Wesley Euler at DeBody52. DeBody. You can use the hashtag Electric Factory while you're at it as well. When we come back, 
We're going to talk a little bit of uh, comments made by offensive coordinator Randy Feetner. He discussed a lot of things going on with the offense and particularly how that all relates to the third preseason game of the year. Well, he would hear what he had to say when he returned, when we return. And we still got some more Photoshop's rolling in here, too, that we will keep them coming. We we will have to uh, to give some credit for. And of course, you know, keep them coming. That door is still open. There's still some good possibilities out there. We'll leave the light on for you. Come on now. We'll leave the light on for you, as we always do here in the Electric Factory. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. If you missed the news of the morning, or in case you're just joining us, Ray Sherman, officially the interim wide receiver coach for the year for your Pittsburgh Steelers. A guy who comes with an extensive background, started in the college ranks in 1974. Whoo! Whoo! Long, 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 long. I mean, long I, that's long, long, that's long, almost, long, long, that's long. almost, that's almost 20 years before I was even born, Motsi. Yeah. He started in the professional ranks in 1988. Uh, that's still before I was born, Motsi. That's why. That's right about when you were born. Hey, chill. Don't put my age out there like that. No, you're still a young guy. Listen, you're nah, still you're a right, millennial. Hey, I'm only 31. I ain't tripping. I'm eight, eight, still, 88, baby. You're still a millennial. But 88 that, in the house. That is the fresh Steelers news of the day that we're serving up for you in case you missed it. Uh, right before lunchtime, it broke. Uh, Ray Sherman, officially the interim wide receiver coach for the Steelers this season and so he will be in that official capacity on Sunday on the sidelines in Nashville as we were uh, discussing a little bit on the show yesterday and today getting ready for that first road preseason game the third game which is kind of always a uh, you know a, a big deal if you will it's kind of the ultimate dress rehearsal absolutely it's the penultimate preseason game ah, I hear you bringing that word <laughs> back <laughs> and we've got some some questions rolling in here um, Brandon wants to know with this upcoming short week, you know, particularly right before the season starts, uh, he says he's excited to see these last two preseason games, particularly how the young guys deal with the short week of preparation after the Titans game. So how do you go about getting ready for the game on a short week, Motsi? And, and how does that balance out in preseason when you've got rookies who are just, you know, really first starting to experience those rigors of a National Football League game and the physicality that comes with that. Absolutely. Well, I will say this, that fourth preseason game and how it is a short week is a drastically different mentality and mindset than you would typically get once the regular season hits. So to put it in context, when it's the preseason, that short week, a lot of the veteran players, they're not going to take a lot of reps that week. They might not even dress out because you want to make sure that they're having time to heal up from their injuries, to heal up from the rigors of playing in this third preseason game a lot more than they have in these first two weeks. Sure. So that's the first aspect of it. But when you compare it to the regular season, when you get to a Thursday night game, you're not even practicing. You're, you're straight walkthroughs the whole week. Or you might have a, a shirts and shorts runaround practice, but no contact, nothing too taxing because you really have to allow your body time to get back fresh and recover. And this is why a lot of reasons why a lot of players don't like the Thursday night game, just because you don't give your body the full week to heal and you open yourself up to a lot more injuries and stuff like that. But in this particular instance for the preseason, though, if you're a younger guy, you just suck it up. 
you don't really have nothing to complain about because you haven't played that much. More opportunities, the right. better. And, and in this third preseason game, if you're a younger guy, a bubble guy on the roster, you're not going to get a lot of playing time. That's right. that's just the facts of it. That's true. So you should be saving it and, and knowing that, hey, when this fourth game hits, I'm going to get all the reps I need. You better be like a bat out of hell on Absolutely. Thursday. Absolutely. And extremely hydrated, too, because there is no substitution. What do you mean, sub? Who are you subbing off of? Uh, this, this is your time to shine. Right, it's your time. You, you wanted to be an NFL player, you said, huh? You wanted to see what it feels like to be in the league. Huh? Here you go. You get your chance. Our guy David chiming in here too. David, who has just been killing it with the Photoshop. Absolutely. By the way, and we'll get into some of those, some of the new ones that we we received overnight and this morning here as the show rolls along. David asks, speaking of the game Sunday night, he's gonna be there. Mm, okay. Which jersey should I wear? Yancey Thigpen or Nate Washington? Oh. And then he adds, once a Steeler, always a Steeler. Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock, oh, on, yeah, wood, knock on wood baby. if you're with us, David. I, uh, Yancey Thigpen was one of my first favorite Steelers. That kind of dates myself to to my age, if you will. Yancey was tight, though. I'm not even going to fake. I, I, I guess I, like I, don't, I don't know. I use the wrong title. It doesn't date me to my age, but it kind of, I guess, makes me seem like a young. I, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Uh, when I, when I Yancey Thinkpen was my first favorite Steeler, kind of. I'm picking up what you're putting down, buddy. You, you get an idea of how old I am. Uh, and I just think. What a great name. I mean, that's a fantastic name. Yancey Thigpen. That, that is a dope name. You kidding me? I mean, that is just, you can be anything with that name. You could be, obviously, a National Football League player. Uh, you could be, like, the best relief pitcher of all time in baseball. Uh, Yancey Thigpen sounds like a guy who used to rock with Crosby, Stills, and Nash back in the 70s and, you know, would, would join uh, Jimi Hendrix on stage from time to time. Correct, correct. Yancey Thigpen sounds like... I, I, I don't know, the next lead in a Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, man. I mean, Here there's just go. so much you can do. So, so I take Thigpen. it you go with Yancey. Is that is that the one you're saying? Yancey Thigpen. He's got a great cooking show right after so, Gordon so, Ramsay. So that's what you're going with, Yancey Thigpen? I'm going with Yancey Thigpen. Okay. I, I, I appreciate it. I see what you're going with there. <laughs> For me, I'm on the opposite end. So, obviously, my man David, me and him had a little history. We met on the Steelers cruise, and he was actually pretty cool. Awesome Ooh, cat. Nice. And when he talks about the jersey selection and options, one of those players was on the cruise with this one Nate Washington he was super cool must say was a blast with him as well so when I think about that I gotta roll my man Nate put the Nate Washington jersey on why not it's gonna give you great vibes it's gonna feel like you're on vacation while you're checking out the game in person and you know enjoy yourself I like it. Let's see. That's why you and I, you know, hey, hey, knock wood, knock wood. Knock on wood for that, man. Knock on wood if you're with me. Thank you, David. Thank you. You're the one, David. Uh, We wanted to get into some of this stuff here, Motsi, with, uh, as we've been talking about, the third preseason game is different than the other preseason games. And a lot of times, particularly when you, talking on the offensive side of the ball here more so, got a lot of veteran guys, which the Steelers have, a very veteran offensive line. Yes. The quarterback, obviously. Um, and so those guys haven't really gotten much spin or any spin yet through the first two preseason games. Uh, we know that that changes a little bit going into the third game, and particularly uh, some of these guys want to play. Now, you know what? They just want to get out there, play a, a few series, whether it be right. just a quarter, whether it be a half, whatever it may be, to just kind of start to get into the swing of things. So Randy Feetner had a chance a couple minutes yesterday to sit down with our good friend Missy Matthews. Here, uh, here's what he had to say about the third preseason game, uh, what to do with Ben Roethlisberger, and even some uh, some interesting nuggets on one how James Washington has looked lately. Here's what Coach Feetner had to say. 
All right, Coach Feekner, we're back in Pittsburgh getting ready to travel to two preseason games on the road. That means the regular season's coming up. How do you maybe keep the guys focused on the fact there are two preseason games left? Well, um, one, there's a lot of guys still trying to make the football team, so uh, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that doesn't even cross their mind, uh, just trying to give them the best opportunity have the best performance. Um, to the guys that have been here, to the guys that uh, uh, kind of are known, um, this is a big week for them because it's uh, really a prep week. Uh, we try and do everything that's, that's going to be like an in-season week, so uh, we challenge them. Uh, there's some things that we'll do today that uh, will pay dividends down the road uh, in, in, the, in the real season. The third preseason game is typically when we see Ben Roethlisberger for maybe one or two series. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always the question, should you play your starters in the preseason or do you not need to give them time? Why do you guys need to see Ben for that small period in the preseason? Well, I think, I don't know if it's that we have to see him. Um, it's that the group has to uh, come together. Um, they all want to be together. They practice together. Um, we put a lot of good work in in the spring. Um, these guys want to compete. They really want to play. Um, uh, so, you know, we're going to begin in a good situation where, um, you know, he can start the game, um, prepare all week like it's a real game, because it is a real football game when, mm -hmm. we, when, when we get the kickoff. Um, and like I said, at, at some point we'll pull him and, and then we'll start pulling some other guys. James Washington having another great preseason. We saw this last year during his rookie year. What do you say to people that might say, well, he did this last year, but then it didn't carry over to the regular season? Well. Um, I would say this, um, I, I've seen it uh, developing, I've seen a, a, a better conditioned athlete, a much more knowledgeable uh, player at his position now. I don't see the, um, the angst of maybe not knowing or cutting it loose because um, you're not sure. Uh, he's very sure right now. He's very confident in what he's doing and, uh, and we have a lot of confidence in him. Behind Ben, everyone's making a big deal about the, the backup quarterback. Will it be Josh Dobbs? Will it be Mason Rudolph? Is that a fair, is that actually a competition for that job right yeah, now? I, I think we've, we, we were pretty um, open about that communication from the spring. Um, it is an open competition. I'm trying to make sure that equally they get put in situations uh, with the first group, with uh, uh, you know end of half situations for potential of two minute drives, of end of game situation, um, coming out at the end of the halftime and starting a third quarter. So, you know, uniquely we plan for these guys to, to have their reps and, and obviously we evaluate uh, every week. Through two games, what have you seen from each of those guys? Well, you know, they're, bo they're both different type of quarterbacks, you know. Uh, Josh is, is very mobile uh, uh, and he's not afraid to break it down with his legs and he's made some really big plays for us. Um, you know, Mason's done a nice job uh, improving in pocket passing, with pocket movement, uh, delivery of the football and making better decisions. Uh, you know, I told him in the beginning that um, protecting the ball will be as important as anything. So, um, you know, it's something that we have to do, continually do, um, and they know that. So, uh, I think they've done a, a really a, a good job in the competition um, because they, they help each other too. And they're, they're, they're good professionals, they're both trying to get better. Uh, for the good of the Pittsburgh Steelers first and then for them second and and, um, and I'm proud of that. A familiar voice we hear when the offense is working together as a group is Will Gay. What yeah. is it like having him on your side? Ben Roethlisberger well, kind of joke that he's he's yeah. cheering for you guys to score touchdowns yeah. and seven shots now. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's a total contradiction to what I know and how I know William. Um, uh, we're glad to have him. He's got a lot of energy. Uh, he wants to learn. Uh, he wants to be a coach. 
and uh, what a better opportunity to kind of pull the whole thing together, uh, learn maybe some things uh, from an offensive perspective, might make him a better defensive coach if that's so choose where he wants to go. Um, if he wants to stay on offense, then he's going to be a good young coach someday. Randy, thanks for your time. Thank you. Offensive coordinator Randy Feetner there with Missy Matthews and always interested to hear from the coordinators. Motsi, you know, it's we hear a lot from Coach Tomlin. Mm-hmm. After most practices, he speaks. Once the season starts, he does his press conferences every Tuesday. But it feels like really during training camp and maybe a couple times throughout the year, really the only times we hear from Coach Butler or Coach Feetner. Absolutely. And I'm always kind of interested to hear that, you know, j- just to talk about the offense or just talk about the defense, whereas Coach, you know, Coach Tomlin has to answer questions from everybody. And uh, a lot of different things that he touched on there. But I, I like to hear that he, when he mentioned that, that Ben and the other veteran guys, they like to get it going in the third preseason game because, in his words, he said it, it it's part of the process of them coming together. Absolutely. You don't want – as a player, your first time being out there together when it being week one when it's live action. Because in the NFL, it's 16 games. So you can't afford to drop games. You think about last year how them tying that first game ended up hurting them on the back end. It's like, oh, it's just week one. It's right. okay. It's not as bad as a loss. Everything matters when it's 16 games. Mm-hmm. So you hear Ben talking about you know, asking Coach Feetner, can he play? Because he needs those reps. The offense, they want those reps. If you're James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster, you want to feel what it's like being out there with Ben, his improvisation, how he's able to extend plays, and also his ball placement. I mean, tip your hat to Dobbs and Rudolph and also Hodges, but they're not throwing the ball with the level of accuracy that Big Ben can do that with. That's why Ben is uh, special. That's why he is who he is. So when you factor in all of those things, I think it's definitely important, and I'm excited to see him. And they did say he will start this week. And particularly, I think, too, when you consider the fact that you start the season on the road against the defending champions, and then week two you come back home and you get a team who made the playoffs last year in the Seahawks. It's not like you're starting with uh, the Arizona Cardinals (laughs) and the Miami Dolphins. All due respect to those two franchises. Very true. Uh, You're going to have to hit the ground running, and I think certainly getting things started here on Sunday night will be a a big part of that for the offense. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here inside the Electric Factory. we got some more Twitter reaction to get to we're of course going to take your calls here as well too but a couple more things there that coach Feetner touched on specifically with Ben and James Washington that I want to get Motsi's thoughts on as well so we'll do that when we return right here on your 24-7 home of the Steelers SNR This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR Riding down to Nashville Sunday night are your Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I mean, um, not literally. They're flying <laughs> down to Nashville, but riding sounds I, I, cooler. I, was, I would hope that they would be fun. Well, they're riding on the plane. Riding on a plane? There we go. You can ride, ride on, a plane, on a plane, right? I mean, it's not like they're driving the plane. Ride so I guess you can't no more. I guess. <laughs> Uh-oh, that's the next Photoshop, a Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. There, there we, we go. go. No, no, could you be Lil Nas and I'll be Billy Ray? Hey, I mean, if our guy Brian Backo was in charge of the Photoshops, you know? I think so. I, I kind of like it like that. Yes, yesterday, <laughs> you were Mr. Rudy and I was AB, so anything is possible. Anything. <laughs> Going to take some calls here, 412-919-1316, but wanted to wrap up first. Uh, some of those Coach Feetner thoughts that we heard at the end of last segment. 
And Motsi, I know you came in today, and again, you know, you do this every day because you're just so well prepared. Professional you're man. Very well researched. You're very well learnt. And you know, you, you st- I know you stay up late all night doing your reading. You, know, you texting me at like three in the morning, Wifey and oh, I can't stop. She's like, can't stop reading these articles. Wife's like, go to sleep. I'm like, nah, babe, I can't. I can't let Wesley Euler down. If I let him down, he's gonna be so disappointed in me. And if he's disappointed in me, I'm not gonna be able to get into the building because then he's not gonna use his access card to get me in the building. And then if I don't use the access card, then I can't get in the elevator. If I can't get in the elevator, how am I supposed to get up to the studio? And then I can't get to the studio because it's another access point for that. So I need Wes to like me, babe. So I stay up all. I was in the night. The kids hate me. They're like, Dad, you you're busier now than when you were playing in the league. I'm like, I know, but you don't understand, man. Like, like Wes, he holds me to a high standard here, guys. There are librarians who do less reading than Arthur Motes, let me tell you. Uh, but one of the things you came in today and wanted to talk about were some of the comments that Coach Feetner made, particularly about one James Washington. Absolutely, man. Just uh Hearing with him saying that he's better conditioned, a lot more confident, and he ultimately has the confidence of the team. You can see that when you're watching him play, how he's running his routes, how he's showing sure hands, he's showing sure hands, and body control, understanding when he needs to jump, going across the middle, showing run after. These are all the things that exemplify that confidence Mm -hmm. and I think it was times last year where you saw him lacking in that confidence and lacking in his ability sometimes in terms of can he make this play does he need to do this should he do that but you can just tell ever since OTAs and when he came in what 15 20 pounds lighter it's just been a different version of him and I think that's why Similar to what Coach Feekner was saying, along with all the other players, this is different than last year. Last year, I mean, he had a ton of success in the preseason, but it was different. It's not like how it is now. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback when he's been in there. He's had success with Dobbs and Rudolph. It doesn't matter who's been guarding him. He's been able to get open. And he's been showing, like I said, extremely sure hands. And those are the things you love. And the conditioning aspect plays a huge role in that. Because now when you're fatigued, it makes you run bad routes. It makes you get slapped with your hands. It makes you do things that you typically would not do. But the fact that he's in better shape now, he's not having to deal with these issues. And he's able to play at a high level for a longer period of time, which is what made A.B. so special. Because he could do it four quarters. It didn't matter who was out there, how long it took. He could get the job done. And one thing that Coach Tomlin always says is physical conditioning precedes everything. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter how much you study. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. If you're not in shape, if you're not physically conditioned to ball out for four quarters, and sometimes overtime, mm-hmm. you will get exposed. You can't tell if a guy is tired or lazy. I mean, you can't tell if a guy is lazy or just doesn't know what he's doing when a person is tired because they don't act the same. Their brain doesn't work the same. So that's why, man, when you're seeing James doing what he's doing right now and displaying his physical conditioning, is really a testament to his work ethic and the time that he put in this offseason. One of the things, too, that Coach Feetner said specifically when talking about James Washington was the keyword confidence. Mm-hmm. Something it, it seemed like he kind of went out of his way to mention James Washington's confidence as heading into this season as opposed to last season. So when you combine right all of the things that we have talked about that come with being a rookie right your head spinning from from your bowl game to your workouts to the combine to the draft to rookie mini camp to mini camp and OTAs and training camp and preseason and it, and it never stops when you have time now with all that to slow down and you have 
more of camaraderie, as you mentioned when we talked about uh, on Monday after the last preseason game. It's not like we're just seeing him have success and look comfortable and confident with Mason Rudolph. It's happening now with Dobbs. It's happening in practice with Big Ben. Maybe that's something we'll see Sunday night Hopefully, in Nashville right? as that's well, too. Those, those guys link up for sure. So when you have kind of all these things coming together, right, that the game's slowing down for you, you're more confident with your teammates and the offense and the city that you live in and what the schedule's like year to year as an NFL player, and you feel like your body now is more prepared for all that. Absolutely. That confidence word can really go a long way into the guys that you know have the talent, have the ability, have the skill into finally just translating that onto the field on Sundays because we weren't hearing Coach Feekner talk about his confidence this time last year. Very true. And like you said, the fact that he's able to put these things and package that confidence and display it on Sundays is huge. Or in this case, Whatever day of the week these preseason games have been transpiring <laughs> on. <laughs> but you, you get like my every point. Every day except for Tuesday <laughs> right. and Wednesday, basically. Like, what day was that game? Was it Thursday? Was it Saturday? I don't know. One of these days. Your birthday, my birthday, <laughs> Jesus' birthday. Right, one of those days, man. But the fact that he's been able to do it in the stadium has been huge. And I definitely feel like it's going to carry over because the confidence is key. I've seen so many players throughout my career that have had all the talent in the world, but they lacked confidence. They second-guess themselves, and once you lose that confidence as a player, it it, it is a true cancer to what you are able to do from an ability standpoint. Sure. It continues to hold you back, and ultimately, it'll put mental barriers on you, and that's what you don't want. And I'm just glad that him as a young player, obviously, he didn't have the season that he wanted to have last year. Obviously, he dealt with some criticism last year. Obviously, the expectations that were set out for him, whether it was because of the position that he was drafted in or because of what he did collegiately. Or because of what Juju did his rookie year. Like, whatever you wanted to be for the expectations, at the end of the day, he did not live up to them. But he did not let those things hold him back from coming in this season as a better player. He did not let those things from last year mess with his mind in terms of this offseason. He did not let those things carry over, and I think that's why we're seeing him look the way he's been looking. That's why we're seeing him produce the way he's been producing, and I'm just so happy for him because you want to see young guys produce. You want to see young guys continue to grow and get better. You want to see that, and that's what we're getting with James this year. Yeah, he is certainly one of the guys that has – you know, been under a microscope since since the start of OTAs and mini camp is one of those guys who you know the Steelers need to take that next step. They need him to continue to develop, and and you you know were alluding to it there as you saw it during your time, just how man the mental capacity, the mental belief, right? That there is a big difference between yeah, I, I I've got I know my ability here, but maybe I'm not you know completely confident in the playbook you know maybe i'm not 100 percent sure with everything they're asking me to do my head is still spinning from everything that's going on and and i'm still trying to comprehend what they were telling me last week and now right. it's a new week and they're throwing more stuff at me so overwhelmed i i can man it's it is when you are confident when you are man just going out there and and reacting right instead of overthinking things correct it's I don't care what line of work you're in, uh, any type of performance-based work. I mean, what you and I do, right? 
when you have those days that you come in here and and you had a great morning and the sun's Absolutely. shining and your coffee tasted great hey. and you're like, man, you know what? I can really do this radio thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't care how much time we have to kill. I don't care what's going on. Like, we're gonna this. we're we gonna have a this. good show. But you also have those moments where you're like, oh, man, like, what are we going to talk about today? I don't know what's going on. Like, am I really that funny? Did that tell, joke tell Wes, did you, that, you jump that I to talk about, Wes? Listen, I know, I know I seem like a confident guy, but I can doubt myself from time what? to time, Motsi. For, for as long as I've known you, Wes, you never seem to run out of things to talk about. You are like <laughs> the most overprepared guy that I know. It's true. I, I, I like that because... <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I'm not as confident that I'm going to be able to just keep on talking. Which, I like it. Which I guess I shouldn't worry about. I mean, yeah, you're on. good, man. Gas bagging for days over here. See, I feel like I talk too much sometimes. I'm like, man, I, I went on a rant. I'm on my soapbox. Every day is my soapbox day. No, but you, like, you know what I mean? In any type of, any type of, any walk of life, man, if, if you have belief in what you're doing, it, oh, yeah. it, 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 it can really... It can, it, can, it, can be, it can be a, it can be a huge difference, particularly when we're talking athletes and, and people who are really uh, in competition and, and things of that nature. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here inside the Electric Factory, 412-919-1316, or you could tweet the show at DeBody52. DeBody. And at Wesley Euler. We still got some uh, some Twitter reaction rolling in here. A couple more photoshops today that we'll get to. But, you know, Motes, we were talking about confidence. Uh-oh. And one guy who's always confident is Uh-oh. our guy Devin in Denver. Hey. Yeah, he's always ready to sling the takes. He's always ready to give it to us. And he certainly believes in what he's saying. So what's going on, Devin? What do you got for us today, buddy? Man, I sent y'all a couple images. I don't know how to you did. I, I like the Lando. I like the Lando Calrissian and the Han Solo. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, but first, like, I do a little house cleaning. Unfortunately, uh, my my daughter on your station, no Adam's Apple Crowley, tried to call me out two days ago, and <laughs> no, Adam, no that Adam's Crowley. <laughs> He must be. He must be on that. He must be smoking some of that Patrick Chung white girl. Because uh, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. All I know is he needs to not be on Steeler Nation radio crying about the Pirates. This is Steeler Nation, baby. Who does Patrick Chung? Well, up I mean, those Pirates are pretty bad, Devin. I mean. <laughs> Hey, hey, we know who does Patrick Trump match up, match up against? Because if he don't get an eight-game suspension, we know the NFL fix is in. Because oh. all I know is the owner is, is in human trafficking. You got Chung, cocaine trafficking. I don't know what the hell is going on in New England, but why is it only the ex-Steelers are making news? I don't want to hear Hey, Devin, you know, it's funny. That's the first thing Moats and I said today was, but hold on, come on. I thought the only place guys ever got in trouble or the only place there were ever distractions right? was in Pittsburgh, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Yeah, and then, I mean, I, I know, I know that the Patriots are used to making a killing. Uh, oh, but we're not going to talk about that. Funny. We need to get on this, on these W's. We need to get on this, the Super Bowl championship train. I don't want to hear Steeler Nation radio talk about the Pirates. And like I said, <laughs> if he wants to be, if he wants to be like the fat dude across the street, he can start yelling 2009 and just keep keep yelling it until we win the Super Bowl this year. Late. Devin is calling a Super Bowl already <laughs> in August. Just coming after Adam. Listen, you don't have to worry about us talking about the oh, Pirates man. here. I mean, we might talk. Uh, you know, we might talk about movies from time to time. We might, you know, debate chicken sandwiches, and yeah. which we got to have a follow up on that because I. Very true. I know. I know you went to Popeyes yesterday. All right. Wow. I, I saw that on the Instagram. So I got. I got to get your opinion on that sandwich before we get out of here today. But hey, man, come on, Devin. 
just bring us the fire takes, baby. You don't yeah. have to come at our guy Adam Crowley like that. And no they, Adam's no apple. Adam's having. apple. Jeez, that was so I harsh. Know, like, I don't even know what that meant. Do I now? I'm like, is, is that a thing that people evaluate? Your Adam's gosh. apple. Hey. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that that was something that got evaluated, no but, comment. but appara- apparently it is. I like that. That's that may be Crowley's new. He, you know, he's trying to flex the crowd, man. Maybe he's just oh, the no, man. the no Adams apple man, or maybe that was just a play on word with him being Adam Crowley. May- maybe Adam. I don't, I don't want to mess with it. I'll leave it alone. There's so many ways that could go. When, when, when we come back, we will go a bunch of different ways here. Uh, we want to do some around the league talk that we started yesterday. We still have to get into the new, these new challenge rules. We've got some tweets we want to get to as well, too. Also, that backup quarterback battle, too. Backup man, quarterback up. battle. You know, and I tell you what, those ducks are still flying around hey. the south. They're still. I like what you did there. Around you know. the south side, you know, there's still things going on. Uh, Moats. You know, we, we talked yesterday a little bit about Wendy's versus Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's. Who's got the best chicken sandwich in the fast food game? Well, you know, Arthur Motes, being the good journalist and detective that he is, went out and did some I had some, to get recon. some research, man. He did some I had to recon do do. for us yesterday. And uh, there was a football movie on yesterday, Motsy, that got me a little jammed up that my wife and I were watching that, that made me think of something that I want to run by you as well, too. And, you know, we'll get to more of your calls. 412-919-1316. You could tweet the show at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. One hour in the books. Another one here to go. As always, you are inside the Electric Factory on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? Well, that's good. Hey. Euler Motes with you here hey. inside the Electric Factory on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh. Rolling along, hour two. As we approach preseason game number three. And I must say, if you're not tuned in to SNR or ESPN Pittsburgh listening to Eula and Motes, what are you doing? You are wasting your time. Mm. Come on, man. It's many things that you could waste away in life, but you don't have time to waste, my friend. If you want to hear that good stuff, if you want to know these details, if you want to talk Steelers football, this is where you need to be tuned in, baby. This is us right here. Get that Red Bull for your ear, man. You need that energy, baby. Get that lunchtime pick-me-upper. This is us. You know, that could be another good Photoshop. You are right. For uh, I mean, it's Pittsburgh-related. And think of all the different characters in there. Someone could really get the whole SNR crew in there. I'm just saying. I mean, we could get Kellen in there with all the This Is Us. You thought I said that by accident? Come on, bro. Listen, you always know where you're going. Come on, man. We uh, we got a little bit of a battle going on in the Twitter mentions, all right? Uh You know, some people are coming to Mr. Crowley's defense. Some people are going at Mr. Crowley's neck, literally. (laughs) Uh, Dana here is making a joke about Crowley looking so young, and now it's making me feel insecure because if people think Crowley looks young... And like a toddler, I mean, at least he's got a beard. I got nothing. Yeah, Crowley is very petite, though. I mean, uh, I got a chance to have a nice up close and personal interaction with him you yesterday, did. and that's on Twitter too. <laughs> for all the, for all the people that don't know what we're talking yeah, about, man. I had some fun with some WVU and JMU stuff got, yesterday. Got, got me in here wearing my JMU hat just to prove a point. Ahead Always of the Crowley show yesterday, but yeah, man, he is kind of tiny. 
I mean, you know, eh. yeah. What's so what am I? And, and I'm and I'm six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. You're not Crowley tiny though, man. <laughs> you true. you got a little bit on him. That hey, I, I you know I at least play adult hockey here. Yeah. Oh wow. Speaking of which, Jeez, speaking of which, fired. <laughs> speaking of which. Oh wow, Motsi! I can't believe this is our fourth show of the week, and I haven't even told you about this yet. Wow, you've been holding out. My adult league hockey team is in the championship. It's the best of three hey, final game okay. one is tomorrow night at nine thirty. I like at it. At the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex in Here Cranberry, comes Pennsylvania. The pain. We started out the season zero and six. Ooh. We are now in the championship series. I don't uh, even have, want to know how that happened. We have gone from worst to first, like the St. Louis Blues, baby. I like it. And now we're coming for the title. I like it. It's winner go home, man. It's winner go All home. Best nothing. of three here in the finals. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. It's a big weekend for the Steelers. It's a big weekend for your boy here. I like it. As well, too. Uh, and, you know, we got battles going on in the comments, as I said. Battles going on off air. Things we're laughing about and debating. But I know that there was a battle you wanted to talk about here, too, as well. And that is the quarterback battle. Absolutely. Not just the quarterback More battle. So the for backup the quarterback backup. Yeah, because we all know who's going to be it, under it, center. It better, not be, a, it better not be a quarterback battle with Big Ben. Quarterback depth battle. I'll go down to the south side right now. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, um, for the number two quarterback spot, it's really been. I personally thought it was a three head, uh, a three horse race, but right. the way Randy Feekner was talking about it was more so that it was a two horse race between Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs. He was talking about how both of them, you could hear in the audio, in terms of it still being an open competition and how it's been that way this whole off season, and that the way they're evaluating them is by putting them both in very unique situations. And this dates back to training camp where they wouldn't even tell them the order in which they were going to practice. It would just be, all right, Dobbs might be out there for the first three plays. Now, Mason, you go in there for two plays. Dobbs go back in there for one. All right, uh, Devlin, you go in there for a little bit as well. So the way that they are able to keep them on their toes to see how they react in certain situations is huge. But the thing that I really liked also was how Coach Feekner was talking about they've all done positive things. Mm -hmm. And they're all competing amongst themselves to essentially solidify that role as the number two guy but at the same time they're making the team better because it's it's the unique dynamic of team sports that even for example i could talk personal experiences with me and bud or me and jarvis for example we would compete against each other for the better numbers because you wanted to have the title of hey i led the room in sacks I led the room in tackles. I had the least amount of mental errors. Whatever it may be, you wanted to be the best at that, and you're competing against these guys. But at the same time, you know it's not a personal thing because at the end of the day, if me and you are competing and we're both having success, it's going to make the team that much better. Mm -hmm. And that's the dynamic here that's going on in this quarterback room because at the end of the day, whichever one emerges and becomes the guy, whether it's Rudolph, whether it's Dobbs, whoever emerges to become the guy – they're only going to help this team out in the hopefully super unlikely event that Ben did go down for any amount of time. You know that one of those two guys could come in and give you a, a surefire, productive outing. I'm interested to see what happens with Devlin Hodges, man. I, I've said it many times. I don't think his future is in Pittsburgh. Uh, the only way it is, right, is if he pulls a Josh Dobbs and 
comes out and surprises everybody and, and somehow ends up taking Josh Dobbs's job like he did with Landry Jones. Very true. And I just don't think that's going to be ha- happen. Landry Jones was commanding a little bit more of a cap hit. He wasn't right. still on his rookie contract. It was a lot more like uh, Dobbs a lot was. Of different variables associated right. with that. Right. Hodges, this is something you and I have said. It's something that's been said during training camp. He always had a steep uphill battle. Very true. Not even an uphill, like a like a rock climb battle to uh, to make this roster. But as I've told you, I think there's a place for him on a 53 somewhere in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. You can't tell me on out of all the teams that are in the NFL and all the players, in particular the quarterbacks. I was just going to say the bad backup quarterbacks. Right. There's no way that is that many quarterbacks out here that are better than him or that he does not deserve an opportunity. There's no – you cannot convince me that <laughs> – I, I would rather give him a shot than uh, a lot of a lot of back. I don't want to call people on blast, say, don't, all right? Don't do but that, one man. of them who you see on Hard Knocks, Hell who might have played for the Bills in the past, who might have went to Pitt. I'm Hell not naming pit, any baby. names. Hell to pit. But I'd rather I'd rather see Hodges get a shot than that guy, because at least you know that guy can't really do it. Jeez, you're brave saying that in Pittsburgh, man. You can't. Say oh please! Like no one around here. Cares. <laughs> no one around here cares about NP. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say nobody cares about Pitt. No, no. I mean, some, guys, people, like, some, wait, some wait, people do. I mean, careful, I'm not. Man. I'm not that naive. I mean, they're they're a little bit down on the pecking order. But come on, no. There's oh, plenty wow. of people who care about what. All right, now I'm breaking news. Now Pitt's on the same level as the Steelers. Is that what you want me to say? No, not well. Listen, listen. Don't even worry about all my pit guys out there. All my hell to pit people. You don't have any hell. JMU's gonna go right over here to West Virginia and give them a good old fashioned spanking. Don't even worry about it. August thirty (laughs) first. That is. We are. uh, We're what nine days. You know what? Actually, I I wanted to. I have been thinking this too, and we can do this next week. But we got to think of a name and something fun to do around that WVU JMU game. Absolutely. Like what is that? Is that like the Euler and Motes Bowl one? Yeah. Uh, Is it like is it the Electric Factory Bowl? Something. Yeah. It's something, and And we have to have some type of consequence too. Like we win, you take me to dinner. You know, Morton's. Yeah. Three steaks. Yeah. But if if. WVU wins. I mean, I get what? Like, I get it. I get it. I'll pick you up in the morning for work. <laughs> that's a nice. That's a nice drive for you, actually. That's about an hour round trip out of your way. That'd be fun. And we could just DJ the whole way to yeah, work together. Man, yeah. But then you got to take it home too. I yeah, mean, yeah. And I'll have like coffee for you. I'll even open the door for you. I'll be like your chauffeur for the day. I think you're gonna be surprised too. From that game, the spread on that game is not gonna be much. It's gonna be less than a touchdown. Oh, it, it doesn't surprise I me. I think WVU is gonna be favored like. Four and a half listen, points. Listen, you're saying that like you're surprised. There is no surprise over here. I'm not here. surprised I, I by that, but usually, is. right, usually the spread when you have a Power 5 team playing a, a one of FCS but, but, team. But this isn't your regular FCS team. It's not, and it's not your regular WVU team either. <laughs> We're going to be bad this year. Does JMU have a, a first-year head coach as well, too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this so is, it's, uh, it's a battle of two. That's an opening, yeah. opening game for two head coaches Absolutely. with their new program. That'll add a wrinkle into it, obviously. But listen, yeah. we got battles all over the place. Hey, no question, man. Battles all over the place. And one of the things um, that comes with that that I know, too, this was another thing you pointed out that you noticed you thought was an interesting nugget from from something that Coach Tomlin said yesterday, was asked about still wearing the pads in practice at this point and why that is and why that's important. And a lot of that has to do with position battles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, In fact, what Coach Tomlin said in response to why they were still wearing the pads is he needs the young guys to keep developing skills relative to their position. And it's hard to do that 
when you're just in the shirts and shorts. When you take the pads off, you lose a certain element of that physicality. When we talk about the offensive lineman and defensive lineman, the hand-to-hand combat that takes place in the trenches, the linebackers taking on lead blockers, fullbacks, etc. When you think about the secondary players, how they press coverage or how they beat press coverage, all of those things are associated with the pads. And even though traditionally most teams this time of year are like, hey, we don't need to wear pads anymore. You've had training camp. Now let's start getting you guys healthy for the season. I've noticed a trend that the teams that do run physical camps, the teams that do utilize all the padded practices that are available to them tend to have more success. You look at a team like New England and anybody who's played up there will tell you firsthand that they are always in pads. They're always hitting and it's always physical. I can tell you firsthand being in Pittsburgh for four years. When it was time for training camp, we were going to hit and tackle to the ground every day. You were going to feel like crap every day, but you knew this one thing. When it gets late in the season, when everybody else's body gets tired, when they're mentally fatigued, when their body's starting to break down, they don't know if they can still do it. Mentally, where we were in Pittsburgh, you knew that it didn't matter. You could go. You knew what your body was capable of. You knew how far you could push yourself. And you knew that your skills up until that point were so heightened and so sharp because of the pads and carrying them for so long that it wasn't a shock or a surprise to you. Whereas a lot of guys, you get some of these games late in the year and they haven't been wearing pads. So the physical element shocks them in those first quarters and, and it takes them time to catch up and adjust to that. Whereas in Pittsburgh, you didn't have to deal with that. And that's why carrying the pads is always important and why Coach Tomlin puts emphasis on it. He doesn't shy away from it. He knows that, yeah, you're sore. He knows that, yeah, you're going to feel discomfort. But at the end of the day, you're going to thank me in the long run when we're competing for championships. And that's something since he first came to Pittsburgh that Coach Tomlin has always kind of been known for, right? Physical practices, physical training camps. I remember even Coach Tomlin himself, after his first training camp, the next year, right, came back and said, you know what, we might have even been a little too intense. Like, we, we might have needed to dial, it back, we dial back. Like, right. maybe we were too physical. Like, he even was honest enough to admit that. Physicality in practice, in training camp, is something he believes in. Is this kind of like the final week, the tip of the iceberg for that, though, right? And then you got the last preseason game in the short week. Does that kind of start to get dialed back? No. Or could we see that so still, is, still going up until Foxborough? So this is similar to what I was talking about in terms of the preseason versus the regular season mm-hmm. short week. Regular season short week, you're not even going to – you might not even have a full practice, and you, like speed practice. It's a glorified walk. You can only have 15 padded practices right. now during the regular – so essentially one per week minus the right. bye week or not even because it's my bye week's week 17. Right, but the way it works here in this situation is next week after that game, they're going to come in because it's a short week. They're going to probably come in, let's see, Monday – they might have Monday off or Monday to watch that film. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, they're going to carry their pads, whichever that first day back, they're going to carry pads just so because you have to remember the younger guys aren't playing a ton in this third game, but they're going to get the lion's share of the reps this fourth game. Mm -hmm. So they're going to get them prepared for that. It still won't be as physical typically, but you can rest assured that after that Thursday game, they'll probably have Friday off if they're coming on Saturday or they come in on Sunday. One of those days will be a full pad at practice. And that's going to happen. Then after that, you get back to status quo as far as Tuesday being off. Wednesday, they'll typically carry the pads or he'll flip-flop it. Sometimes he won't have them in pads. Wednesday, have them in pads on Thursday. But you rest assured that they're going to carry these pads 
especially in the early portion of the season, just so that way they can get their bodies accustomed to what it's like and so they can continue to keep developing because you can't just go into the season and say, this is the best I'm going to be, and that's it. No, you have to continue to grow and get better each day, each week, so that way as the season continues to progress, you're continuing to progress, and that way you can still have that edge on these opponents. The keen eye of Arthur Motes, Professor Motes, Maybe that's even something that we got going on. You do have a master's degree. A master's that's degree. right. I always, I always Not forget. to toot my own horn here. <laughs> Professor, so you could, right, with a master's degree, can't you go back? You could teach. Can't you, like? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. Uh, I think uh, that, like, gets you in the realm of teaching yes. with a master's degree. Yes. And then if you want to be like, I don't have a if I want to be the doctor, then I just go get this PhD. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I, I know what that means. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like doing all that, though. No, that's too much reading. Yeah, I'm cool, with the, I'm cool with the Masters. It sounds cool. Call, tell my wife call me Master Motes. <laughs> Master Motes. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue nicely. You know? Euler Remotes here inside the Electric Factory. When we return, as we always do, we're going to look around the league a little bit, as we like to do in our fifth segment of the day. We'll continue to take some of your reaction on Twitter, at Wesley Euler and at TheBody52. TheBody. And on the phone lines, 412-919-1316. Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory on SNR. This is the Steelers Morning Report. Presented by FedEx. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Six preseason games on the docket tonight. It's preseason week three. All right. So even if you are of the utmost preseason haters, I think you can at least get a little excited for tonight. Come on, man. It's football. Y'all complain about no football when it's OTAs. You complain about no football when it's like April, March, May. Right. All that good stuff. You just telling me people just like to complain regardless. Pretty much. Now. Football is here. I don't want to hear no more complaints, baby. Preseason or not, you better tune in. I'm going to be tuned in. That's right. That's why you don't have to worry about us talking about the Pirates You're on right. this show, right, nah, Mozi? Because baseball's dead to us. I mean, unless it's Josh Bell, you know, my 5'5 five, five guy. <laughs> if it's not him, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, Don Juan chimes in here on Twitter. He's got an idea for our potential WVU, JMU bet. WVU, Uh-oh. the Mountaineers here and the go. Dukes going at it next Saturday, August 31st. Motes and I's alma mater. JMU Dukes. He's saying that, you know, whoever school wins, the loser has to win a, a jersey or some other apparel from the other school. Mm. That's that's always a good solid. Like, that's always a good solid, you know, tale as old as time Very type true. bet. So that's that's always good potential. Um, I, I just, I don't know what it, like, I don't have a ton of. You're not prideful of your schools? No, 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 I am. But most of the stuff that I have are like tiny polos. I don't know if they're going to uh, fit you. <laughs> got you. Okay, okay. I mean, I got, I got some hats. hats. I don't even know why you're playing that hat for that. Good... Like, I don't even anticipate. I don't think yeah, of it that way. because you're not worried about it because yeah. it's going to be me wearing the Absolutely. stuff. That That's why I'm saying? like, man, should it be like you cut a JMU into your hair? You know, oh, you know dye what? Dye your hair purple? You know what it could be? What could it be? And this is, you know, I'm willing to put myself out here a little Ooh, bit. okay. Loser has to sing the other school's fight song Ooh. on the show on, on air? Monday. On air. You got to oh. sing the fight song on air. Jeez. So, you know, on Monday, you got to come in here and yeah, you got to, it's West Virginia. Rough. It's West Virginia. I'm the pride of every mountaineer. For there is not to fear the gangs oh. all here. So, hail West Virginia. Hail. Listen, listen. We're going to get complaints 
about that. The FCC's phone's yeah. gonna be ringing, especially off the hook. if they're singing that terrible I'm so, song. I'm sorry for bra- <laughs> I'm sorry saying. for breaking everybody's eardrums <laughs> there. All right. Uh, or do you know? I don't know. Do you have a song like you know, "Country Roads" is obviously the song for West right. Virginia fans. Is there like a song that's the song for JMU? Are you really asking me? Is there a song for the, JMU? Who let the dogs out? Huh? Right, the Dukes Cut and the dogs. Oh man. Ow, ow. Listen, we don't need anybody else's song. We have our own song. Madison, James Madison. We are the Dukes of JMU. Come on, man. Don't right. make, I get to sing it and hit it. I would say I'll that. have to learn that, but I'm not going to have to learn that because, I mean, right. you're going to be the one who's going to be singing on Monday. But Listen, I'm never concerned about you, Wes. <laughs> We're continuing to take your Photoshops. We'll continue to take your betting suggestions from <laughs> Moats and I at Wesley Euler at the Body 52 hey, I actually got another question, too. Okay. Are we going, like, straight up or are we covering the spread? That's a good... Man. That's what I started realizing, too, man, with some of these people, they want to bet, and they're like, well, what's the points? Right. Let me get these points. I'm like, oh, that's, like, how do we do this now? Um, That's a good question, because like I said to you, I don't think the spread's going to be that big. Right. Um, So we should probably... We can negotiate the points, though, huh? We should. Let's see what the spread is and go from there. Absolutely. But I think there should be some, Yeah. you know, WVU's the home team. Absolutely, so man. We'll, we'll, it's the first game of the season. Right. But that's why two first-time head coaches, like, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of moving parts in this. I'm, I'm interested. But I will tell you this. I bet of any team, uh, any FBS school, right, that's opening up with an FCS school, yeah. I bet you that'll be the smallest spread. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, they will... Or, or they will, them or whoever is playing North Dakota State. Those... That's true. JMU and North Dakota that's State true. typically have the smallest spreads when we play one A's. Yep, yep. And so we're, we're excited for that one here. Just about nine days away, the Electric hey. Factory Bowl. But don't worry, we'll keep you posted on whatever uh, whatever fun stuff we're going to do there. Um, Motsi, I, I mentioned there's six preseason games tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, I wanted to ask you, is there anybody particular that you're looking forward to seeing? F- for me, it's just you got a lot of young quarterbacks yeah. in action tonight. Uh, Daniel Jones should get some good playing time for the Giants. Dwayne- I was surprised by that. Pi- no, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> He's looked pretty good so far, though. I was surprised. I mean, they, they took him so early. Like It's like they don't care about winning, right? No? Maybe not. You gotta simplify these things. Come on, come on. <laughs> Daniel Jones in Dangerous. action tonight. Uh, Dwayne Haskins in action tonight. My guy Will Greer should get some playing time tonight. My, my boy Jimmy Moreland, you Jimmy know, Moreland. quarterback out of James That's Madison right. University for the Washington Redskins. Just uh, throwing it out there. The Dolphins are playing tonight, right? So you've got, uh, you should see Josh Rosen get yeah. some spin out there tonight. There's... The Raiders are playing tonight, too. Ooh. Any chance we see number 84? Oh. Um. My feet feel funny right now. Let me alone. Yeah, knock wood if there's no chance AB plays tonight. Uh, I just, we th- we're not going to see him until week one. There's no shot, right? It's not happening. Uh, it's not happening. <laughs> there's, there's, just, there's just no way that that is happening. Euler Remotes here on SNR. And Dana's chiming in here with the she's rooting for the Mountaineers, Motsi, on Twitter. Oh, you know, man. you got some people coming at you here. Listen, uh, I'm not even going to call on my GMU nation because they will shut it down. They're worse than the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the most aggressive fit? The beehive is it Beyonce, or the barbs? Is Beyonce Twitter the most aggressive Twitter out there? It's between them and, and, and the barbs with Nicki Minaj, bro. Yeah, you know, who's another, you know who's another Twitter, too, that you never want to get on the bad side of? Oh. Dog Twitter. Oh. And I'm part of this, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a dog, I'm a dog okay. guy. But, like, 
from time to time, right there, like I don't know if you remember this. A month ago, there was some some famous YouTube blogger yeah. who, like, in one of her live shots, she like spit oh, on her dog yeah, or something, I that. and just the yeah, dog, crazy. the dog social media mob came at her neck hard. And I'm not Absolutely. saying like I'm not saying I feel bad for her. You spit on your dog, right. and people see it, you deserve some shame. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, those are the top, you know. Um, but I bet you JMU Twitter's. I don't want JMU Twitter hey, coming at me. Yeah, it's real. They might not be Beyonce Twitter. They might not be dog Twitter, but. Uh, they got the back of Arthur Motes. You I, better believe it. I know that. <laughs> uh, but who are you excited to see, though? Who, who's your, who are you looking forward to I, tonight? I'm looking forward to the young quarterbacks. Okay. Um, like I just, a, a lot of the Daniel Jones, the Dwayne Haskin, of course, for my own personal interest, I want to watch real Greer. But uh, no but no one guy, though. Uh, maybe Josh Rosen. I, I also, too, I'm excited to see, and I don't even, he's not going to play. Carson Wentz isn't going to play tonight. Yeah, I wish he was, though. I always like, when teams have a preseason game right after they just did joint practices. practices. Absolutely. Like there's usually some animosity there. There's usually some tension yeah. built up. And so the Ravens and the Eagles have had joint practices all week. And then uh -huh. they play tonight like that. Those games are always a little chippy, a little more physical than the other ones. Absolutely, man. I, I've been a part of the joint practices back when uh, I think it was 20. Actually, I did it two years, 2014 and 15. We had joint practices with the Buffalo Bills and then turned around the next year and had joint practices with the Detroit Lions. And, yeah, those weeks are very unique. And when you get to the game. You get sick of those guys. Oh, man. You get to the game, you're like, I'm ready to just eat your face off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, now. I don't see eating any faces off. <laughs> hey, man, I got a little Hannibal Lecter when I put that helmet on, man. You never know. Wanted to do some, uh, we're doing some around the league talk here, right. I guess, right now too. Um, a some kind of breaking news here is that Melvin Gordon's holdouts is, expe is expected to continue into the season. Contract talks have not progressed. This coming from Ian Rappaport. What's how now the Chargers all of a sudden from a team that you know a, a month or so ago we're talking about? Look at that roster. Right. Like yeah, they got a lot of things going against them. They really don't play home games. <laughs> they, they play eight road games and they play right. eight neutral site games Very essentially in, in LA there. But man, if you just, if you forget all the, they've never gotten over the hump and they don't have a great fan base and a great, if you forget all those extenuating factors, right? And you just look at their roster, man, the chargers are really good on paper, but now all of a sudden Derwin James is going to miss some time. It looks like Melvin Gordon won't be there week one. Joey Bosa isn't completely healthy. And it seems like he's never completely healthy. What do you make of this Melvin Gordon situation and, and what's going on with the Chargers? And are you second guessing? Because I think when you and I uh, back in OTAs did our we talked about that we did our pick our playoff teams and right. who's going to fall out from last year. I'm pretty sure we both still had the Chargers making the playoffs. Are you starting to wane on, on confidence on that team at all? Man, well, the injury element is a big part of the game. And unfortunately, the Chargers have, I mean, they can attest to that more than anybody perhaps in the league in terms of Seriously. how an injury can just derail your your team. And when you talk about some of those injuries, it definitely stands out. Um, but in particular with Melvin Gordon, I think he doesn't have the leverage right now. Just for number one, with Phillip Rivers coming out and saying what he said a couple of weeks ago in terms of, he liked the running backs that they already have there. He feels like they're more than capable. That kills your leverage when your franchise quarterback makes a statement like that. But any, I feel like it's a quarterback-driven league. Everyone knows that. So when you have a Phillip Rivers on your roster, you always are going to be in the fight. You're always going to have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Now, does that rule get easier for them? Without a doubt, no. But, I mean, I still could see them finding a way to get in because you got to think, Derwin James is going to come back. You know Joey Boyce at some point is going to come back. So in those regards, that helps them out a ton. Yeah, like I said, if you 
if you forget the and again all these things matter but if you're just looking at that roster on paper and you're not saying all right well you know what they've never gotten it done before they they don't have much of a home like if you forget all those extenuating factors and you just look at the roster man they got it they've got as much talent as anybody oh no question they're just starting to uh to have some things going on here and uh and melvin gordon not being there i think obviously will be a a, a step back for that offense mozi we also got Antonio Brown tweeting about the Steelers and the fact that, uh, you know, Pittsburgh had, what, I think the highest ratings and more than uh, triple the national average of on, on hard, knocks hard Knocks on Tuesday. Yeah. And A.B. said that his ex can't forget about him. But I think that works both ways. I think particularly uh, A.B.'s kids haven't forgotten about Big Ben either if there's somebody hey, hey, who hey. watches Hard Knocks. And you know what, Motsi? People always try and make these parallels. But in Pittsburgh here, we just care about sports. We love sports and particularly football. Absolutely. If you look at the local ratings for the Steelers, they're always in the top three in the National Football League no every question. year. You look at the Pirates, the Pirates last year, or in, the, the, in last year and this year combined, have had the sixth best local ratings of any television broadcast for a Major League Baseball mm. team. And they haven't won a playoff series since Come 1991. On, Yens love the, sports. You know that. The Penguins are the only team in the only city in the national hockey league that has a uh a percentage like a a, a higher you know whatever your home market rating right. is than any nba team so the penguins get better local ratings than any nba team in the Absolutely. united states like here in pittsburgh when sports are on we're watching we're and particularly when it has to do with the steelers and a guy who can't you know leave leave the steelers <laughs> name listen I, i'll admit you and i have taught like steelers fans we can't leave his name out of our mouth either right. but don't act like that's just a one-way street come on baby come on <laughs> that one works both ways absolutely or or you know it tweets both ways as well oh Ooh, hey, hey, you now, see there. Now yeah, you're bro. really talking. One more segment to go as we wrap things up here. I need to get Moats' review Uh-oh. on that outstanding dinner wow. that he had last night. You and, know, and just, also, just doing the, the, the journalist thing in me. And also, there was a, a movie on last night, a football movie. It made me harken back to the first time a movie's made me emotional. <laughs> and I just need to get some things off my chest with Professor Moats across the way here. I got you. This is what I do. <laughs> The Electric Factory rolls along. Hope you're having some fun today. We certainly are, and that will continue when we come back right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I love this time slot that we get here, Motesy. perfect, baby. Noon to two is an awesome time. I think it's a popular time for people to be listening to the radio. Either on your lunch break. You're on your lunch break. Coming um, back from lunch. You've probably gotten to that point. You know, if you're someone who works in an office, I think usually most of your meetings and your moving and shaking and stuff like that happens before lunch. Absolutely. So now maybe you're at your your, your desk or your office or your cubicle for the, for the rest of the day and kind of, you know, getting some of your paperwork and your desk work done. Uh, I just think it's a it's a good time of day. People are awake. People are energized. There's you know, we're in the news cycle. There's stuff breaking and news that's happening around this time. Uh, but the one downside for us, right, uh -huh. is that it makes us we have to make some decisions about lunchtime. Very like, hard decisions. Like, do you do you eat, you know, at 1115, 1130 before we come on air? Do you wait until two o'clock when we get off air to eat? Because it's nice to eat 
around 11.30, maybe that's a right. little closer to lunchtime. Or even but then if it was you, at 1 o'clock. Then you got your body digesting food, you know, as, as you're on the air, which isn't always the greatest or most comfortable thing. Very true. Uh, but then if you wait until 2 o'clock, you know, it's almost like you're pushing into dinner time and you're, you're starting to— But you're to, not even eating that, too, because right. the show ends 2.30. At, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I know, though, that yesterday—and and this will continue—like— <laughs> You and I, food's on the mind often enough as is, but particularly when it's around lunchtime. Yes, indeed. We had a little debate yesterday, and to be fair, we didn't start the debate. It's been raging all over social media. Who's got the best chicken sandwich in the Mm. fast food game? And this has all started, of course, because Popeye's unveiled their new chicken sandwich. Shout out to Popeye's. And I know that yesterday, because I saw on Instagram, (laughs) I know you went and consumed one of these new Popeye's chicken sandwiches. And you even told me they've got regular and spicy chicken, which is is making me salivate for the chance that I get to eat one even more. But give me your your synopsis on the Popeye's chicken sandwich and now how it ranks in the hierarchy of fast food chicken sandwiches. Oh, man. I must say, I was thoroughly impressed. First off, the chicken is very different than what you would typically get at a Wendy's. Being that I worked at Wendy's for a couple years, I'm very... uh, you're well, versed. I'm well You're versed, well versed. In, the, in the spicy chicken sandwich at Wendy's, all right? But this is very similar and in line with the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. But I do think it is a larger piece of chicken that they put on Ooh, the butt. Comes that's some investigative pi- journalism. There. Absolutely. Comes with two pickles. Uh, it's a little sauce. I'm, I'm, I take all that off. That's not really my thing. I'm more of a chicken sandwich spicy with barbecue, with barbecue sauce, sauce on sauce. it. Absolutely. That's what I do. But the bread. I was surprised the bread is very similar to what you would get at Chick-fil-A. Um, it, they toast it slightly, though. With some, Is there, like, the whole butter on the inside yeah, like there is at Chick-fil-A? Absolutely, and... but it's, it's it's a tasty bun. Okay. Not a sesame seed, but a tasty bun. And... But the funny part is this, the wrapper. Yeah, you were telling me about this. The wrapper is identical to Chick-fil-A. It just colors it different and puts the Popeye's logo <laughs> up there. They even fold it over the exact same way. With the same kind of little bag yeah, with the yeah. foil on the absolutely. inside. It, it was, without a doubt... Yeah. So you're telling me they are doing some some biting off it, it, of uh, Chick-fil-A style. Listen, man, it might have been a little trademark infringement or, or, or copyright or whatever. They might be rolling out Popeye sauce here. <laughs> That's all. I was like, man, this when the when the guy gave it to me, I was over in Cannonsburg and the guy put it in a bag and he handed it to me. I was like, uh, are you for real? Because <laughs> like I had to look at it to make sure this was a Popeye sandwich and not a Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> But no, it, it was top notch nonetheless, man. I'm I definitely recommend to, it. By the time we go back on air, at least on Monday, I'm gonna have to have one because, you know, I'm I'm a passionate man about a few things in life, and mm-hmm. one of them is actually fast food. All right, oh, okay. I, you know, I eat pretty well. Um, I, you know, I since I graduated from college a few years ago, uh-huh. I've lost like close to thirty pounds. Oh wow! In I'm the last few well. years, yeah. I don't eat well. I just train hard. See, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I, I I play a few hockey games a year, but that's about it. Other than that, you'll never catch me doing cardio. <laughs> mm, I'd rather go work out and eat what I want than to eat all healthy and yeah. But for a guy who eats relatively healthy, um, and who's a little on the scrawny side, I am passionate about You're fast scrawny? food. No way. I kind of think. I mean, if Adam Crowley's scrawny, I'm kind of scrawny. But you're bigger than Crowley. We okay. talked about this, I, man. I like it, man. Have you, you seen you Crowley's legs? You're pumping, up, you're pumping up my ego yeah, here, man. man. Hey, listen, I'm your confidence booster. You're walking hype, man. 
I am like, uh, everybody has that thing in life that they really like that they know is just absolutely horrible for them. Yeah. For me, it's the, it's like the once a week, maybe twice a week fast food. Okay. That I just, once or twice a week, I'm like, yeah, I need some Wendy's. Or yeah, yeah. you know, I need the Golden Arches. Or absolutely. man, the Taco Bell, greasy Taco Bell sounds so good right I, now. I get it when I want it. I don't care. And I know people say, oh, that's bad for you. You could die. I'm like, hey, man, you could die in a car. You could die walking down the stairs. I'm not going to go out of here saying, man, I wish I would have ate that spicy chicken You're not going to be laying there when right. you're dying at the bottom of the stairs like, yeah. oh, man, good thing, I, done that. good thing that I went and ate quinoa nah. instead of Chick-fil-A. Nah, bro, not me. I'm going to experience life to the fullest, all right? Another thing I had to run past you from yesterday uh, I've got this whole thing going on where I used to be like a night owl, right? I used to be up to yeah. like midnight, 1230 every night. And maybe part of this is because uh, it's not hockey season. It's not basketball season. It's not in the schedule of full football season right. where there's sporting events on every night that I'm like, oh, I want to watch this. Right. And all oh, at 10 o'clock, you got a West Coast game between the Warriors and the Lakers. Or, <laughs> you know, on a Thursday night, Oregon and Oregon State are playing in college Very football. True. And, you know, that doesn't start until night. Like, I've, I've been finding myself going to bed earlier this year. Around the last few months. Okay. Well, last night, my wife and I get ready to shut it down, you know, at like 8.30. And just starting, 8.39 o'clock, just starting is We Are Marshall, the football movie. Yeah. And... Heard it, it was sad. And I didn't even really want to get into a whole discussion here about, oh, what's the best football movie of all time? Because oh, that's cliched. We could always do that another time. And right. that deserves a lot more than just a couple minutes here that we're going to put on it. But I was reminded... Like the power of a really good sports movie, mm. and I know you were you were saying this. You don't really like the sad sports movies, nah, bruh. But like, We Are Marshall is so good, and obviously, it hits a little bit home for me. Like, my whole half of my mom's side of the family is from West Virginia. Oh wow! And yes, okay. we're WVU people, but I obviously have some aunts and uncles and some cousins, right. some, some relatives that went to WVU on my mom's side of the family. Uh, or went to Marshall, part of me, on my mom's side well, of the family. My, my little brother went to Marshall, man. Did he? Yeah, There you go. My, so, my favorite college coach went to coaches at Marshall. Been up there for, what, nine, ten years? Doc now. Holliday? Nah, 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 bruh. J.C. Price. Okay. D-line coach. He's the D-line coach at, yeah, at yeah, Marshall now? Yep. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I know Doc, Doc Holliday's, there while, their, their head coach has been there for a while yeah. as well, too. I think they've had that same staff intact for a while. Yeah. But I... That movie came out in 2006, right? So I would have been like 15, 16 years old. Mm. I'm pretty sure that that was the first movie that ever, the first type of TV show, movie, anything that ever made me cry. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And Matthew McConaughey's in it too. That's what separates, yeah. right? That's what separates, like, I think a good sports movie from a great sports movie is the acting. Like, mm. that's why Remember the Titans is the best football movie ever. And it's because Denzel Washington is so good. Like the acting so in that movie is the so best good. One ever. But what about? I mean, you got any given Sunday with any Al given Sunday is great. So that could be like the best movie ever. I don't know. I just know that We Are Marshall is the first movie that ever made me cry, and I almost cried again last night. And don't give me Rudy, but I know Kellen's got some. I know Kellen's got a take here for us. I, I love We Are Marshall. I remember that was uh, I saw it in theaters with my dad. Same and, here. Uh, and I, it was so powerful. Like, I didn't, I had no idea what had happened, you know, in that plane crash. Mm, it was yeah. awesome. And you mentioned Matthew McConaughey. It, it's so funny. He talks out of the side of his mouth like this right. the entire trying movie. trying to do that southern West Virginia drawl. I love it. it. It's great. Matthew McConaughey makes that movie great. But I don't know about, about uh, Remember the Titans being the best football movie ever. No. I, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think Friday Night Lights is above that. Booby Miles, bro. But see, I like the TV show Friday Night Lights more no, than the— No way. No way. Bump a TV show, man. Come on. No Come way. Come on, Coach no Taylor. Full eyes. Way. Clear hearts. Can't lose. No way. Oh, man. 
No way. Right, Booby well, Miles, man, this is guy giving. I just got to show up, baby. Listen, when we get into like February and March, all right, maybe we'll have to, We're gonna re- talk about we'll this. Have to revisit a best football movie conversation ever. But we don't have enough time to do that justice now. I do want to know, though, both of your opinions on Rudy. Yes or no? No, for me. Not a big Rudy guy. Not a big Rudy guy either. Uh, <laughs> it's just funny because um, I've had some teammates that we've called Rudy, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's very derogatory. You know what I mean? How we, how we view Rudy. <laughs> like trying to insinuate that they're small and untalented and just a tryhard, and that they're offsides. Right. No, if we're being honest, like if Rudy would have gone to like USC or Ohio State, it would have probably been cool with me. I just like it, Notre Dame was always yeah. pounding WVU when I was younger and growing up, but I just I, I'm, I'm I, just cool on Rudy. I can man. never have any love yeah. for the Notre Dame guy, but hey, it is. It is you you could be the Rudy of SNR. I can, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines here as we close it out. Let's go to our guy. He's waited so patiently out in Chicago. CR, Steelers Nation Chicago. What's happening, partner? Hey, brother CR, Steelers Nation Chicago, live from the great state of North Carolina, better known as the Tar Heel State. Uh, how you guys doing today, man? We are fantastic, CR. You know we're always having fun in here. And we always like to hear you. You know yeah, that. I- yeah, I was going to call in yesterday, but I had to go to a homecoming. My, my cousin passed away, so uh, I couldn't get in on the phone. But, uh, hey, I, I, we got time is short, and thank you for being patient. I, mean, I thought you were going to throw me out there in the in the list, let me go. Because I remember, i got to make it quick. I remember here about a month ago, I was driving the limo, and you guys were talking about me because I wasn't calling in. Just <laughs> yeah, we were worried now, about you, see on Yeah, now I'm on the phone. i got to wait like three days to get an appointment, man. So, anyway, um <laughs> I, I want I want to quickly go with, with yesterday. You were talking about uh, the, the the new guys being on the team and uh, uh, first time out. Well, for them, uh, yeah, it, it is it is going to be something different because they haven't been out there playing on the road. But the thing that's going to really catch their attention is the all the amount of Steelers fans that are going to be in the stands wherever they go. At we had a tight end that came in from a from a from a from a. Uh, 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 oh, God, San Diego. Well, we used to be San Diego. And he said when he got here, when they were interviewing him, he said when they were in the huddle on their own home field, they had to give to a silent count because there were so many Steelers fans in the, in the audience. Yeah, that was Ladarius Green who said I that. I remember yeah. that. And they, and they booed yeah. them when they yeah. introduced them. That was an awesome time, Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then as far as uh, uh, the, the electric company, all that's good. And I know, Eula, I know this is your show, but this happens to be my show, M-Y, Moat and Eula. So whatever people say, it's still my show. And since I've been out here in, in North Carolina, man, I have met so many Steelers fans because I'm, I'm just in my gear. And every time I see one, the first thing I do, I take their phone, I break it out, I go to iHeartRadio, then I go to SNR, and I tell them, hey, you got to get That's what I'm talking about, this. CR. You you're, make, you're make everybody one. download the app. CR's a real one. And then... And, and then when it comes to D.D. in Denver, uh, he went with the gap bomb. You dropped a bomb on me. <laughs> <laughs> because because he, he came to – I like the brother. The brother the brother got some serious game. Now I got to catch up. Uh, as far as uh, – I like how we have you, caller you competitions together. here on, on our show. Now. Everyone's hey. fine to be the best caller. Hey, as, hey, as far as you guys together – you know, you guys clown and mess around, and sometimes you kind of get out there, but that's that energy. But I'm going to be honest with you, and everybody will tell you, when you guys settle down 
and get into your game and, and you start communicating about football, to be youngsters, you guys got some real serious stuff going on. Thank you, Sierra. Now, we appreciate it. To the educational man over there, the, the, the young Mosi. <laughs> you, uh, you got your masters, but you need to get your, DD, uh, your, your, your doctorate. That way you can teach, you can become the doctorate of defense. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. That's a good one, CR. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. We got to let you go. We're up against the break here for the end of our show, but we appreciate it. Oh, I like and it. He, he's always he's always coming. We got to CR does need his own show. You can't. No you know, question, he, man. He needs more than just a couple of times. But we got about 90 seconds here to uh, to wrap it up. TC chimes in. Friday Night Lights, the TV show, blows the movie away. Stop it. Thank you. Absolutely not. Stop Thank you. it. He, 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 you say Thank he was you. on Twitter? Thank you. He needs to give his Listen, password up. Listen, I know one thing, Block all right? Himself. And that, that is if you read something on Twitter, it's the truth, all oh, right? Wow. Ironclad source of Twitter. Twitter is gospel now, guys. And TC is telling me if Twitter is gospel. Gospel, according to TC, hey, is man. that Friday Night Lights, the TV show, blow, not better, blows the movie away. Well, you know what? Twitter is kind of like the Wikipedia of sources, right? Wikipedia is an ironclad source. If it's on Wikipedia, oh, it must be true. Doubt. It must without be true. A doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we're all out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow on Friday, and we're so prepared. We already know what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Easy peasy. Devin Bush, uh. some of the preseason games from tonight, talk some of the young him. quarterbacks that we'll see play, and, of course, new challenge rules that we still haven't dove into, dove into dived into, oh, hey jumped head Hey, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a football major. Into, I didn't major in English and, and language You got arts. your master's. I'm just over and here working with my... community and economic I'm development. I'm over here working on my BS. I mean, come, come on. on. <laughs> remotes inside the electric factory. We'll be back. Hey, and, you know, knock wood if you're excited for some, for, some, for some football tonight. <laughs> a big thanks to Kellen for producing the show. As always, a big shout-out to everybody who called in, who chimed in on the Twitter.com, who sent us the Photoshops. We'll continue with all of the hijinks and all the fun tomorrow. As always, same time, same place, the Electric Factory, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.